0: Talk Radio. Good morning, Armour Insiders, Armour Subscribers, everybody out there who's decided to spend some time with me on Saturday and talk about the stock market. I appreciate you doing it. Let's jump right in. This is the Armour Report. My name is Brett Rosenthal. This is a show about investing in the stock market following the Armor Investing Way. It's a three-stage process designed to get rid of all the noise out there and just execute. That's all. What we do is we build our whiteboard, which is our fundamental research. So we're going to go over today stocks that we're following, stocks we want to perhaps buy next week, stocks that we own, how are we going to handle them if they're behaving or not behaving. So we're going to go over all those stocks at some point during this conversation. The second thing we do is we focus on algorithms. Algorithms drive all of our risk decisions, right? So we have algorithms proprietary to the Armour report that I share with you and with Armour Insiders, both for the big picture indexes, which we call the risk monitor. It's green right now. I'm going to share with you what they look like, what we think is going to happen next week.
1: Then we're going to drill
0: down into intraday trading the indexes and how we use spot gamma information to make money, trading from the long and the short side while we are building a portfolio. Okay, so we use it as a way to manage risk and capture alpha, and I'm going to show you how we do it. And then um, then what we're going to jump into is a quick discussion on Facebook and the whole uh, metaverse announcement. I just want to share with you what it means to me. I've been doing this over 30 years. I'm going to just let you know what I think it means when a company makes a big decision like that and what the fallout is, and there are some stocks specifically that we're doing research on now going onto our whiteboard that we may want to own. So I'll let you know what those are. We're going to touch on cannabis. We always do. We're going to touch on precious metals. Then I'm going to get to the Q and a and, um, and we'll go over the stocks that you have an interest in that I haven't covered already. All right. So before jumping in, let's, don't forget, this is uh, information about how I manage my own personal portfolio. So it's not necessarily right for you. You got to do your own risk tolerance decisions, your own goals. I don't, you know, I could never tell you how to buy stocks and put them in a portfolio because I don't know your portfolio. Only you can do that. So sharing information here. We're all sharing information. We're an army of analysts, and that makes us all better. So take the information for what it's worth and do your own due diligence. All right. Um, don't forget, you can always subscribe right down here to the Armor Report, just YouTube, or the Armor Report itself. Um, you can click uh, right up here for a free uh, version of the Armor Report. We send it out during the week letting you know some changes we're making and things that we think are important. Okay and then of course when you become an Armour Insider you're a, you have access to our portfolios, um, our whiteboard exclusive video and risk monitor changes when they happen uh, along with of course our Slack room where we're sharing information all day during the trading session. Um, I guess you could hit the like button if it's you know it's an important thing I mean really this is for me and you to make money in the market. Uh, whether or not you want to help me out on YouTube is up to you. And, of course, if you have any questions, you can send me an email right here to info at All right, so without further ado, let's jump into um, the stock market in general. Let's just take a look right here at the S&P. So where are we in this, this cycle? The risk monitor went green right here. We put capital to work. Market is grinding higher. It, quite frankly, looks great. That's, that's a real bullish move higher, just like almost every bar is blue a couple of of reds, just to keep you honest. If we go look at the other indexes, so we use a strategy where we have algorithms written for all the major indexes, the top seven indexes. The top four, of course, of course the top four are going to be the Dow, the NASDAQ, small cap, and the S&P. And then we drop down and look at the IBD 50, which are innovator stocks, the momentum index, and the value index, and that covers the whole uh, spectrum for us. So just to look at it, it, looks like the Dow is literally about to break out of uh, consolidation going back really to May, okay? We're not even close to the top of the channel yet. So this, this looks like the market is setting up for a run to the end of the year, which is not uncommon, okay? IBD 50 blew out, had that pretty nasty sell-off pullback here, but immediately recovers above the 50-day moving average. That chart looks great. And then take a look at momentum. I mean, momentum doesn't even know the market was down recently. It's just grinding higher. <laughs> okay, so um, looking at all of those things, looking at the risk monitor and the armor algos, step one today is market is in a bold trend. Nothing has changed, um, and I, I expect it to continue. Let's talk real quick about the Fed. Fed's going to meet next week, talk about tapering and interest rates. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see the market go a lot higher next week after the Fed meeting. Everybody's afraid of it. Everybody knows the Fed's going to taper. Everyone's calling for the Fed to taper immediately. Generally, when everybody knows something's about to happen, the market does the opposite of what you think. So everybody thinks the market should go down because the Fed's going to start tapering. I think that's possible The market will eventually go down because the fed tapers too much but the initial announcement of the taper normally in the stock market that is responded to with a sigh of relief finally it's behind us you got a whole bunch of guys that own puts waiting for that announcement the announcement comes the market goes down maybe for a day maybe i don't even know maybe for a day maybe not and the put guys say hey i didn't get paid enough they start selling their puts which means the dealers have to buy the underlying. It drives the whole market up. We call that Vanna charm. You know, that's what um, they they, uh, spot gamma calls it and all these other uh, gamma guys that you can find on the internet. So I'm going to type that phrase and say, there it is, gamma charm. All right. So that happens so often. Let me just give you a big example of that. In 1987, When the stock market crashed in October, if you go look at what happened that year, it's, it's stunning. The Fed was raising interest rates five times the Fed raised interest rates for five months. And the stock market skyrocketed while bonds were imploding. The stock market skyrocketed. And then finally, enough was enough. And everybody decided at the same time to jump off the cliff and we know what happened on Black Monday in 1987. But my point of this conversation is the first rate hike by Alan Greenspan back then didn't stop the market from going up. In fact, the market exploded higher. Okay? So I just share that with you. I don't know what's going to happen next. But I am sharing with you, instead of listening to all the fear-mongering out there from wherever, it is CNBC or whomever, about what's going to happen when the Fed tapers, we have to read and react to what is not what we guess, and I can find just as many examples of the market going up when the Fed starts to taper or raise rates or whatever, as you can show me, times when the market imploded when the Fed tapered. So instead of making a guess of what's going to happen, we use the armor investing way. Algorithms telling us risk monitor green. Stop losses are going to protect us. That's the third stage, right? We get stopped out, we get stopped out. That'll be a frustration, and that's the way it goes, okay? But until then, we don't try to guess what will the response be when the Fed tapers, because I can show you just as many opportunities, where the market skyrockets when the Fed starts tapering. So anyway, those are my thoughts right there on the market. Let's dive, dive in real quick to um, how we day trade the market. And what I've been doing um, for all of you who are interested in the um, Armour um, Slack room and Uh, and particularly during the day as we're trading. I can just scroll back for you a little bit here. You're going to see I highlight in gray the buys and the sells of where we get long and where we get short. You can see right in here, this was the time to get short, and I'm explaining why. Here's where we get long and the rally back, okay? So every day when there's an opportunity that sets up using the armor algorithms, what we're doing on the live trading desk, the Armor Live trading desk, is we're day trading the indexes, okay? And we're simply saying, and this is for all of you um, Spot Gamma guys out there, Spot Gamma is very interesting, and the information is great, but at the end of the day, what I always want to know is how am I going to make money with this stuff? I don't really need to get lost in the weeds about the Greeks. I really don't care. Just show me how to make money with it. That's what I care about. And so what I'm trying to do now that we're, I mean, we're consistently making money using gamma information. I'm trying to share that with you guys as we go each day. Okay. So as a quick example, um, yesterday, this gray area is where we get long the market. Okay. So there's a lot of different lines on the chart. The purple dash lines are the gamma locations that we put in every morning with the thanks of spot gamma's information. Okay. And what we look for are triggers around key gamma levels. All the other lines on the chart are an armor algorithm we call the price movement profiler. And so all of our trigger decisions are based on the PMP and the key locations are gonna be the gamma levels, okay? And so our PMP right here, this black dot is the volume weighted average price. The lines above and below are standard deviations, one, two, and three, okay? They carry a lot of weight. The horizontal lines are the opening range, and then Fibonacci extensions above and below. The blue lines, light blue line, are average true ranges above and below. Now, the key to the Armour PMP is that we're taking uh, off-the-shelf indicators from TradeStation, and then we're rewriting them and infusing into them volatility components, making them more effective, and that's what creates our triggers, okay? So if you can see right here, the market gaps down at the open, rallies up, pulls back, makes a little base, touches the first standard deviation below the VWAP. That generally is the last line of defense when the market starts selling off in the morning. If it breaches the first standard deviation, it's usually a pretty ugly morning. If it holds that first standard deviation below the VWAP, the armor VWAP, then you generally have an opportunity to get long when it pops back above the VWAP. That's the correct entry point. For, an, uh, um, for the S&P, and it rips higher all morning, makes a little double top, we're booking some profits at the fourth Fibonacci up on the day, right below the ATR, right? But then at the end of the day, you don't have to sell this the whole position. I probably booked uh, two thirds of my profits up here, and then you know, carried this thing right to the close, because it never closes below the VWAP, right? So the volume weighted average price could be your stop. Sometimes I use the first standard deviation as a stop. Okay, it doesn't even get there. It holds the VWAP and rips into the close. All right, the same can be said for the NASDAQ. I'll just widen this out for you. And it's the same trade and we're doing it. So let me just uh, share with you how we do this, the vehicles we use. And then I'm going to dive into a major change for the Armor portfolios. We have an Armor portfolio spreadsheet, okay? And what we've done this week is we've created two new segments to that sheet, and I'm going to share it with you in a minute. And it has to do with this conversation. So let's wrap this up and then I'll get to the the discussion there. Um, So we're using the the triple, we're using the triple ETFs for the S&P and the NASDAQ on the long side. So when we get long, we're buying SPXL and we're buying TQQQ. Okay. And when we get short, I never short the S&P. If I want to be short an index, it's always the NASDAQ 100 or the small cap or both. Okay? So the reason is very simple. If the, if the S&P is going to drop 1%, you better believe that the NASDAQ and the small cap index are dropping more than 1%. It's just obvious. So we use those assets um, to, uh, to hedge. Anyway, so um, we'll use TZA, which is, you know, triple the, the small cap index, and SQQQ. Um, which is triple the NASDAQ 100, all right? So anybody can do this. This is just trading ETFs. So, uh, and there's many, look, there's many different ways to do it. I'll get my, my last comment here. I'm just sharing with you the assets I use to trade. You can use puts and calls. You can use the 2X. You can just trade the underline. You don't even have to trade it, you know, a, um, uh, um, the 2X, the 3X, the puts and calls. It's It's a way to, hedge risk, and capture alpha during the day in indexes. That's what we're doing to enhance performance, okay? So um, anyway, so right here you can see that the uh, NASDAQ actually holds above. So while the S&P was touching the first standard deviation, the NASDAQ was even stronger yesterday, holding above the VWAP. And that little gray box is the uh, risk on entry point. You can see the yellow paint bar is a study that we've done telling us something very bullish is coming When you take out the high of that bar, there's your entry point. So that's our trigger. And then it just rips higher all day. So sometimes these things occur right at gamma locations. But you could see for the NASDAQ, we were just simply using the armor price movement profiler for this trade. right. So um, sometimes it lines up with spot gamma. Sometimes it doesn't. The S&P lined up perfect with the gamma line right here. So when you pop back above that gamma line, that tells you, oops, we challenged the gamma and it's holding, so it's time to get long the market. Okay? So um, those, are the, um, those are my thoughts right there on the market and how we trade. So let's move on to um, our next segment, if you will. We've changed the Armor Portfolio spreadsheet. So for Armor uh, insiders... Don't forget, you can log on, Um, subscribers can log on, get into the Armor Insider part of the website, click on the um, Armor Model Portfolios, and you'll see our spreadsheet, okay? And the spreadsheet will share with you what stocks we own, where we bought them, what our stop losses are, what our targets are, and then a little note section for whether or not we're reducing or increasing position size, that kind of thing. Um, So... What I'm doing now, I wanted to share with you on uh, really kind of by popular demand. A lot of insiders were asking me about my dividend portfolio. And, and so what I decided to do is I'm gonna I've added two segments to this spreadsheet for you guys. So the first segment's always gonna be a segment, you can think about it this way: it's a segment that focuses on the whiteboard. So it's a traditional portfolio of usually individual stocks along with ETFs, right? Um, but focused on individual stocks, focused on research, focused on the whiteboard. When we get risk monitor green, we go to the whiteboard, we fill up that part of the spreadsheet with our favorite names that have the same type of, of setup um, as the uh, as the indexes. in other words, algorithmic buy points. The second portfolio that I've started to build for you guys now so you can see how we do it, and this is really, these are three different ways that I manage my own capital. So, a lot of people will tell you the best way to, 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 to diversify and protect capital is to own a lot of stocks. That's completely, in my opinion, incorrect. All that does is you know, um, turn your portfolio into an ETF, and you may as well just buy an ETF. So owning 50 or 100 stocks is a complete waste of time. I don't like to own more than 20 stocks in a portfolio, sometimes 10. So in the right market, when my whiteboard is, is hot and I own 10 to 20 stocks, you're going to get some serious alpha, right? But there's other market environments where different styles of management outperform. And so the way I diversify my net worth is to invest in three styles. One is traditional focused on whiteboard type of investing. The second is all algorithmic. We get a risk on entry point, risk on green for the indexes. I'm gonna set up positions in that portfolio where I'm going to capture 50% of the upside of the market going forward from that risk-on-green signal. And I'm going to do that by buying QLD, SSO, DDM, and UWM, which are two times the indexes. I put six and a quarter percent of my portfolio in each, 25% total, which equals 50% exposure. Okay? Then the rest of the capital is going to be divided of that portfolio is going to be cash at the end of every day. The rest can be used for expressing an opinion of group movement. So I'm going to buy group ETFs. The purpose of this portfolio is to get rid of individual stock risk. The purpose of this portfolio is to help my total net worth at a time where my whiteboard is not performing which is going to happen to all of us. I mean, there's sometimes you're just totally dialed in on the whiteboard, and other times you're going one way, the market's going the other. That's just a fact of life, okay? So in order to manage risk and not get discouraged and continue to do the research and the work, because you know the market will come back around to your whiteboard and you'll start popping off great ideas, I like to have some of my capital algorithmically uh, run with no single stock risk and I like to carry 30% cash every single night when I go to sleep. And that cash is used to day trade. So as an example, yesterday, 15% of that capital went into the T-triple-Qs. 15% went into the SPXL when we had the day trading entry point using Gamma information and the Armor PMP, which immediately puts us into a position where we have 140% market exposure So when the market rips higher the rest of the day, we've got a lot of exposure and we're capturing a lot of alpha, right? then, of course, the rest of the portfolio is ETFs of different groups. So that's how I run that portfolio. And I'm sharing that with you guys on the spreadsheet. You know every night, 30% cash. If you're following that portfolio with me in the Slack room every day, if you're watching live as we're trading through the Armour Pro live trading desk, you know we're putting that 30% 30% capital to work. We're looking to put it to work every day. Let me explain how, how it works. We're trying to capture alpha. So if the market's down in the morning or has a crazy Ivan, okay? Now I started using the term crazy Ivan, I don't know, a couple years ago. Let me just explain what that means real quick just to remind you guys. Crazy Ivan is the market is in a, is in a positive gamut environment. I'm seeing people talk about crazy Ivan in different places on the Internet, which is lots of fun. Uh, but they don't understand really what a crazy Ivan is. So let me just make sure we're all on the same page here. So I'm seeing some people take, take my thought and take it somewhere that is incorrect. Crazy Ivans only occur, number one, when you're in a gamma positive position. The whole point of a crazy Ivan is that the market's going up. And in an uptrend, so it's going in a particular direction, which is up. And then for no apparent reason, it drops for about an hour. And it looks like, I mean, it drops like a stone. It looks like, oh, my God, the market's imploding, right? And then that sets up a great buying opportunity for it to continue going back in the direction it was going in, okay? You need a, you need a positive gamma market. And what we call here, that here at the Armour Report is a risk monitor green market, risk monitor yellow market, right? If we're risk monitor red, Forget about crazy items because the market's going south. This is a major misconception that people are, are talking about crazy items that they don't understand. If your risk monitor red and you're in, your, your, um, gamma, you're in a negative gamma position, people are trying to buy the sell-off thinking it's a crazy ivan, and they're getting run over. It's not a crazy ivan when you're in a downtrend. That's just a continuation of a downtrend. You know, the Russian sub's coming right at you, and he's, he's, he's firing ballistic missiles, okay? You got to get out of Dodge. But for right now, when we come in every morning, we're in a positive gamma situation with risk monitor green, we're looking for the crazy Ivan weakness to get long the market and capture alpha on the mean reversion higher the rest of the day, like we just saw Friday, okay? So if the market gaps up in the morning, what do we do? We're not chasing it. We might be underinvested that day in that portfolio, got 30% cash. That's okay. Market gaps up and takes off. We don't chase it. That's a day to look for a hedge. The market gaps, runs, fails at a particular spot and rolls over. We're going to be getting short the market to capture the mean reversion back down, even in a positive gamma environment. Okay? So that's what we look for every day. All right, let's 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 move on. Those are the, um, oh, the last, the last thought I wanted to share with you is there's been some questions about um, the third segment of our portfolio. You guys have been asking me about um, dividend, okay? So I'm building a, port, a part of a portfolio where all we're doing is buying dividend stocks. This was the first stock we added to the portfolio and we did it on Thursday. So we captured a nice gap up in ABVI. So let me explain to you the purpose of what we're doing here, um, it's completely different. The dividend portfolio is completely different, the way we run the money, than a typical um, armor investing way process. All we're doing here is we do research on companies that we're very comfortable with. They go under our whiteboard, under the dividend segment. Some people call them dividend aristocrats. They're my aristocrats, it's not the basic aristocrat. They're ones I like, I've done research on. What am I looking for? Um, Companies that keep growing the dividend, companies that have cash flow to cover that dividend, okay, Um, and businesses that I like, that I think have sustainability. So I'm not somebody that's milking a cash cow that I think is going to implode. Anyway, they make it up onto that whiteboard. Then what we do is we lay in the weeds and we wait. We wait for a negative reaction to something that pops the yield. And then we look for a bottom. So this is a poster. This is a, this is a centerfold of what we try to do. We have AbbVie on our list. ABV implodes on that piece of news back there, if you guys remember it, okay? Puts a double bottom in right on the uptrend. So now we have one of our favorite names on the whiteboard making a double bottom on the uptrend after an implosion when the yield is popped above 5%. That's the time to buy the stock. Now, what we're going to do with that stock, it's not going to be traded the way we trade the rest of our portfolio. This is the third style of management that I employ personally. Risk monitor goes red. I don't sell my dividend stocks. Okay? Uh, The market had a pandemic and things were imploding. I didn't sell my dividend stocks. It was ugly for that portfolio, right? That part of my net worth dropped because the market was imploding. I didn't sell the stocks. I kept collecting the dividend. And I used the implosion to add new names that were on my list that I wanted to own, okay? The only time something will be stopped out. So we have stops, and they're very loose stops. I put them out there. They're weekly stops. So the market, that they asset has to close below the level at the end of the week. I'll only really take it out of the portfolio if there's something fundamentally wrong with the company. Let's say the management team comes out on a conference call and says, we're no longer raising the dividend, we we're, we, we're going to be using a lot of debt to grow the business. Okay, well, all of a sudden now it's not really a dividend payer. It's, it's something else. The management team's taking it in a different direction. So I'm not going to own that stock. I might sell it in that case. Okay? But if the stock goes down for a short-term reason and then holds a key level and sets up a bottom like, like AbbVie did here, it's a no-brainer entry point. It goes in the portfolio, and it's going to stay there as long as possible. And just to give you an idea of what's in the portfolio for me, um, I've owned this stock from the beginning. You guys might have remembered I did a um, YouTube video all the way back here, December 31st, 2019. Innovative Properties was $75.65, okay? I bought this stock personally. I've owned it the entire move up. Back then, I told you guys this would be the number one cannabis stock to own bar none. I didn't know how right I would be. I wish I owned it in other portfolios. (laughs) But from a dividend standpoint, they keep raising the dividend, and the stock's gone through the roof. This is what I try to create in my dividend portfolio. Okay? I'm looking to – and right through here, I held on to the stock. In fact, I added to it in here because I'm building – I build a position when things get destroyed. Okay? And then it just continues to rip higher. Here's another you know, aristocrat for me. So AVGO, the whole thing imploded with the market and I ended up buying AVGO somewhere in here for my dividend portfolio. It was a 6% yield, 6% yield on a semi-stock. I said, what the heck? Okay, I'll throw that in the portfolio. And those are the, those are the results. So what I'm trying to do for you guys is build, we're going to go from the beginning. I mean, I'm not adding AVGO now. The yield is down to 3% or something. So what we're doing now is we're going to build that portfolio together. The spreadsheet's going to be there. Add these the first name, and KMI is the second. So we're gonna start adding a couple of, um, so what I look for is I wanted to own KMI, the stock ran away a little bit, and then they had an earnings announcement, and the stock sold off right down to the support, right? So I'm gonna own KMI with a stop somewhere in here. So it's a big stop, and right? it's not tight to a 200-day, we don't want tight stops. I'm gonna leave it alone. And sometimes it comes down in tests and reverses, and I might increase the position size. It's a whole different style of management, so don't get it confused with the Armour Investing way. But I'm sharing it with you so you guys can see the three styles of management I use to run my own capital, and you can decide what works best for you. All right, let's run through um, a couple of uh, – and it's getting late already. God, I go so far. It's, I, I always take too long in these conversations. Sorry, guys. But let's rip through um, – Key groups that interest me, right? URA, this is going to be a, a rapid-fire session. Um, I'm looking for a way into the uranium uh, stocks. URA might be the way I do it. Um, spent a lot of time on the conference call at the behest of Ares. Thanks so much for continuing to pound away on this idea. And that's um, CCJ. They had an earnings announcement on uh, Friday. Stocks down, don't, don't worry about that. Um, the bottom line is you listen to that conference call, um, and it really gives you perspective. My two favorite uranium stocks, CCJ and LUE, okay? Oh, LEU, sorry. Okay, these are the two best uranium stocks in my opinion. Uh, and there are tw- you can see this is the number one name in the space, LUE, it's just, you know, it doesn't even, doesn't even have a pullback, it just keeps running. And this is because they focus on a particular type of reactor, the mini reactors, that has become the rage all around the world. Um, So do your homework there. Those are two ideas. I'm either going to own URA, which is the ETF that covers the whole group, or all I'm going to do is own LEU and CCJ when the time is right. CCJ has got a fantastic management team. They've been through the ups and downs. They run the business conservatively. Um, You know, everyone's excited about, uh, the Sprott um, um, Physical Uranium Fund. But if you listen to that conference call by CCJ, um, they've been doing a uranium fund for a while now. They've been taking uranium, yellow cake, out of the spot market for for a while now. It's a great story. CCJ is a great story. Anyway, so I got my eye on uranium, and I might be um, putting a position on URA. These are things I might do next week. All right, let's go with MSOS. We spoke last week and said everything was right in the world. I finally own shares at MSOS again, and you better be sure that I don't own them anymore. Okay? So as I spoke to you last week, when we're buying the first move off the bottom, we use the low of that day as the stop. And there's no violating that. If it it takes out that low, then this tells us this reversal here was not a reversal. It was just, you know, who knows? Short covering, who knows what it was. Um, And the whole thing died again. So, no cannabis positions at the moment in the portfolio. Um, looking for my next opportunity. Now, interestingly enough, Telray and CGC did not take out the low. Oops, did CGC take out the low? Yeah, it did just by just by a smidge, just by a smidge. So I'm very curious what's going to happen to CCJ and, and, and Telray next week. Do they pop back up? And so they prove that that low is holding or do they follow uh, U.S. MSOs down? Here's what I will say about MSOS, okay? Um, everybody's waiting for a um, government, you know, Safe Banking Act and all these things. I submit to you, and I'm going to share this with you, and let's see if it turns out to be right so that we know how to act if it starts to happen, okay? Okay. I think that this stock is these stocks may bottom when any government collaboration makes it to the finish line. It doesn't have to be safe banking. I don't care if it's the infrastructure bill, reconciliation, bill, anything, anything. I think the reason these stocks are languishing is because Congress is proving that it's completely impossible for them to work together. So if it's impossible for them to pass a simple infrastructure bill, How are they ever going to get the cannabis? That's the mindset right now, and they keep beating up these stocks. I know some people are concerned that these companies are um, going to deal with rising labor costs and price of weed going down, and um, maybe the going concerns are an issue. Um, I don't think that's an issue personally. I respect those of you who do. Um, I think these stocks are going down because of what's going on in Congress, and if Congress can get anything done, we'll start to see a bottom made. The reason I'm not concerned about the companies as a going concern is something that Todd Harrison points out over and over again. And I suggest you all follow him on Twitter. It's a pretty good pretty good feed. The debt market, the private equity debt, the private debt market, private placement debt market is allowing these cannabis US companies to raise capital at lower interest rates. If there was a real going concern problem, the interest rates would be going the opposite way, and it would be hard for these guys to raise capital. And it's not; it's not hard for them to raise capital. Okay. Also, and this one more, you know, one more thing to look at: if we really had a going concern problem, and I just read a lot about this on on the internet. A lot of people are worried about these companies. How would you get IIPR at all time new highs? Right. I mean, this is a company that is a sale leaseback. Right. So the US MSOs sell them their property. These guys lease it back, which is a way for the U.S. cannabis companies to raise cash and grow their business. If there was a bunch of defaults on the horizon, the stock wouldn't look that good. So those those are my thoughts on cannabis. I think that um, they're being destroyed. Obviously, we know it's because a lot of big banks want custody and all that kind of stuff. But the reason they're down here is because Congress can't do anything. So let's watch these stocks. What happens when Congress does something? That's my question, okay? And if we start to see a bottom form at that point and we know we're right, we'll start buying these stocks again. Um, Precious metals. Gold and silver sold off. The stocks sold off Thursday, Friday, okay? There's GDX, okay? There's SILJ, okay? Here's P-H-Y-S. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with Sprott Physical gold chart pattern. Nothing wrong with spot Physical Silver's chart. It had a nice run, had a little pullback. And guess what? When did it pull back? It pulled back at the end of the month. In case you guys are new to this, precious metals always sell off at the end of the month. I say always. 10 months out of 12, okay? It's a simple function of the futures and the rolling and all these different things that, that banks have been making a fortune on for decades. So it is absolutely no surprise to see these things sell off the last couple days of the month. It shouldn't be. Look, I don't know what's going to happen next week. The whole thing could implode. If it does, I get stopped out. I go to cash, okay? That's separate from what happens Thursday and Friday. Thursday and Friday is totally mechanical end-of-month action. Let's move on. It's not even worth talking about. Let's talk about it next week. We'll see where these things are trading next Saturday, and we'll chat about it. Um, two, um, two more thoughts. Oh, actually, one more thought on the ETFs. I am, I've got a block in focus. I would like to own shares of block. This is a way for me to play all the crypto guys. I know that sounds crazy. Alert, alert, alert. The Armour Report might buy a crypto stock. Um, I'm coming around. I'm coming around to it. If I can find an asset where I'm comfortable with the risk-reward, I might put money to work. I like that ETF. Go look at it. ETF.com is a great service. I you know, I don't get paid to say that. It's just a great website. And sometimes it's wrong. It's got some information that you have to do your own due diligence. But it's a quick glance at what's inside all of these ETFs. And Block owns all the right names, and it gives me exposure to the whole space without having single stock risk. Why does that matter to me? Because some of you out there own Riot, and you're like pulling your hair out. How come Riot doesn't go up when the whole group goes up? That happens a lot in many different groups. It's gonna happen in this group, and I want to avoid that. If I'm gonna own um, um, the mining stocks of cryptocurrencies, just give me the basket, and that's how I'm gonna play it, BLOK. All right, Um, quick fire, let's just go through. These are the stocks to watch for me next week. These are my favorite names. I'm just gonna share charts with you. Go as fast as I can, and then get to Q&A here. All right, so, oh gosh. I titled this whole thing, Facebook and the Metaverse, and I forgot to talk about it. So let's talk about it right here, all right? Let's take a look at Facebook for a second. All right, so Facebook sold off into its earnings announcement, and then on this earnings announcement right here, the company decided to come out, change their name, and and um, I don't know if you guys listened to that conference call, did you? Did you sit and listen to Mark Zuckerberg? Oh, my gosh, flap, 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 and those, those, those gums, I was trying to say to myself, what is this guy getting at, okay? At the end of the day, Facebook has a problem. They're becoming more and more irrelevant with the key cohort of you know 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, okay? And so they need to become more relevant. Earnings were suffering, and at first glance, when I listened to that conference call, and then the company comes out the next day and changes their name to Meta, I can just tell you my experience 30 years doing this that um, it felt like a game of three-card monte. You know, anybody been in New York City and you, you, know, you see a guy or London or wherever, all over the world, right? Somebody's going like this with cards and, you know, hiding your $20 bill um, or whatever you gave him, so, or whatever he's using. So it was a bunch of smoke and mirrors is what Mark was trying to do. Mark's trying to say, hey, everybody, don't look at the declining... Um, Um, irrelevancy of Facebook. Look over here to the metaverse. That's the future. We're going to go get it. And while I I respect him, the guy built a huge business, um, typically when a company makes that type of a shift, it's not good for shareholders in the short term. Typically what, what the management's saying to institutions who own their stock is, we're going to miss the number over the next X amount of quarters. And the excuse for it is that we're gonna be spending a lot of money building the metaverse because that's the future and there's gonna be exponential growth once we get there, okay? And they may be right and they may be able to make that that shift, okay? But between now and then, you're gonna have earnings misses, you're gonna have um, margins going down, okay? Um, and, and And typically it's just not good for the stock in the short term. What I loved about the conference call is that it brought the metaverse to the top of my mind, and it, and it, and it made me start to think, gee, you know what? i got to start building a metaverse section of the whiteboard. And so here are some names that may end up in our portfolio, not Facebook, okay? But uh, when I listened to that call, the first thing I want to do is own shares of Roblox. You know, in fact, that night, my, my eight-year-old son and I sat down and started playing Roblox. I was trying to figure out why is this such a big thing with the kids. I can't figure it out. If you guys have ever played Roblox, that drives me crazy. I mean, but I'll be honest, by the end of the night, we were both hooked trying to, you know, I don't know, um, jump a little character that looks like a a, um, a Lego character over, you know, some baked goods. <laughs> don't oh, know. I don't know. But anyway, um, listen to the fireside chat Goldman Sachs just had with this company. Um, uh, you can go to their website, or, or Roblox, do your own due diligence. This is a stock that has to be at the top of our whiteboard. Um, MTTR is another name. Got to do work on this stock. Had a huge day Friday. I don't think it's any surprise that it does, it does this after the Facebook announcement uh, of changing their name to, to Meta. So, um, you know, if you if you go look at you know businesses, people might say that Nvidia is a is a metaverse stock, and we already own this. We own this in the armor portfolio, and things just you know skyrocketing. Uh, AMD is a metaverse stock, they say, but and we own this in the armor portfolio, and, and it's skyrocketing. But in reality, the meta section of my whiteboard is not going to be those names that are Nvidia or you know we're we're looking for the smaller names that are really uh, in the sweet spot. Of the metaverse and we're building that part of the whiteboard. A um, couple other names on my list that I'm following. I continue to watch SKIN so it's making a third stage base. It held that 50-day moving average and if it can ever get above this pennant I think that stock can fly. Caterpillar on the conference call last week. I think this is a big story um, I suggest everybody listen to that conference call. Of course, they ran into issues with the supply chain, and I think the market's gonna start looking past that to the size of their backlog and the um, paradigmatic shift in their business. It's, a, it's an industrial revolution of, of, of sorts, okay? And um, Caterpillar, Deer, you know, Tractor Supply, these guys are in the sweet spot, Tractor Supply, And dear, these guys are in the sweet spot of of the EV AI revolution. I know it's sexy to go buy a small EV stock, you know, in China, but the, the big picture is in the here and now, over the next couple of years, it's going to have a major impact on these companies. So in the portfolio and on the whiteboard. And then just for fun, I'll wrap up with this and I'll get to your questions. My son's name is Levi, and so I always have my uh, eye on Levi stock, okay? But in reality, if you listen to the last conference call, this is one of the smartest management teams in the retail business. They are having no issues with supply chain. They're not having any issues with labor problems. They've set up a business because they're smart guys. The CEO of the company spent 20 years at Procter & Gamble, okay, in the M&A side of Procter & Gamble. And so he sees the opportunity, and Levi comes over, takes over the reins, turns the company around, starts making key acquisitions, sets up a supply chain that can manage disruptions. Brilliant management team, good-looking stock price, um, and a great uh, a great symbol. All right. So with that, I will move on to your Q and A. Thanks for um, indulging me for the last 44 minutes. I hope you find it helpful. So, questions you got for me? Let's go to um, to the board here. Tech mug, hey Deb, how are you? Thoughts on T as a dividend? See now, AT and T, this this is not on my list. Okay, AT and T and Lumen are not on the list. And let me let me explain why. So, um, I, I keep looking, to, I keep looking at AT and T. And I keep thinking to myself, how can I not buy AT&T with a yield like that? And luckily, I've avoided it all the way down. So the basic premise of the section of the armor whiteboard that is uh, um, dedicated to dividends now, what makes it onto that whiteboard is a company doing real well with a sustainable growth. Uh, um, um, business long term with massive cash flow that covers their dividend, no debt issues. You see where I'm getting at now with AT&T, right? Massive cash flow, covers their dividend, no debt issues. And what happens is they have this short-term event that wrecks the stock jacking up the yield and I go buy it. That's the Armour Investing way of buying dividends. AT&T has debt issues. AT&T has an issue with the coverage ratio, cash flow to debt to dividend payouts. So there's this constant concern that they're going to cut the dividend, which is probably the case. You could write this down and and take it to the bank. For the market we're in right now, this number will change over time, but for the market we're in right now, I'm looking for dividend yields between four and seven percent, eight percent max. But it's really the 4 to 6% sweet spot. When you start reaching for higher yield, there's usually a problem. There's usually something wrong, right? So I don't want to run into a buzzsaw. This is my dividend portfolio. It's kind of conservative. I'm just collecting yield. So I'm looking for the 4 to 6 sometimes 7%ers. I'll show you a 7%er in a minute that's at the top of my list. But um, AT&T is not going to make it. And Lumen Tech was on my list. I wanted to own L.U.M.N. But the last earnings announcement, management said we're not going to keep raising the dividend. We're going to be using cash flow to go after growth. So Lumen could be a great idea as a growth stock going forward. And in a really weird way, it's inside of the Metaverse <laughs> ETF, um, which I think is ridiculous. But anyway, um, I digress. I want to own Lumen with that yield, but the management says that they're not going to be raising the dividend, that they're using cash for other purposes, that they're going to be taking on debt. So I can't put that into my uh, dividend part of my portfolio. Um, Let's look at something where I, uh, which is right in the crosshairs of what I might add. Okay. Here's Philip Moore Altria. Now this is a seven and a half percent yield. They always yield more than other names. I think I don't, I don't really know why that is. I guess some people hate tobacco or something, but anyway, Um, owning Altria at the bottom of this uptrend has been money all the way up here. And I've done, I've added it down here. It ripped higher. I actually booked profit on this. So sometimes I'll trade, sometimes I'll trade a a dividend payer, but most of the time I don't. Um, So, so here's the earnings announcement. They wreck shares of Altria. They drive it down to the uptrend line. It's on my, uh, um, uh, on the whiteboard. It's a seven and a half percent yield. So if it stops here and we get a bottom that forms a la Abvi, right, I'll be putting those shares into the portfolio. Hey, here's another one, IBM. I know Jim Chanos thinks it's a a, a Ponzi scheme, which I think is ridiculous. Um, But I think IBM is probably a stock, again, that I would buy right down in here. See how it comes right down to this uptrend line, sets up a bottom. It'll take a month or two to set up the bottom that's, that's, that's viable for me for the inevitable rally back up towards the top of the channel before their next uh, earnings announcement. So IBM's business, it's a cash cow. They've got cash to service the dividend. They keep raising the dividend. Same with Altria. It's a cash cow. They service the dividend. So I wait for these horrific moves down where it looks like the end is near. Yield pops If the bottom sets up, I don't buy a falling knife. But when the bottom sets up, I put that into the portfolio. Right? I'm not sure what that's (laughs) what that's that's for. It is me. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's me. Um, To buy Archer Daniels ADM, Archer Daniels Midland. Oh wow, Archer Daniels Midland. It's um, this, ADM and I go back a long way. Um, I've owned Archer Daniels in the past. I haven't looked at it recently. So as usual with these Saturday conversations, I love uh, information I get from you guys. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on my list um, to do a little bit of work on and see if that's something I want to do. Um, Have you looked at Bunge, too? I think um, Bunge is the, I was looking at Bunge the other day. Bunge and Archer Daniel looks pretty good. Here's an idea um, I want to throw at you. It's on my um, watch list. How about uh, Knight Swift? This is a trucking company that focuses on commodities. Talk about a guy in the sweet spot right now, and they just have blowout numbers. Listen to that conference call and tell me what you think. All right, Um, SMCI, Supermicro Computers. I don't know that name, and I have to do a little bit of research on it. Let's go over to application-oriented server chassis. I'll have to do some research there. I don't have any info for you. From a pure technical standpoint, Nothing wrong with buying a stock close to the 200-day moving average using the 200-day as your stop. So, you know, I would wait for a trigger that would make me want to get long that pattern, but it's not a bad pattern. You hate Facebook, but you bought it at 400 on Friday. I, I wish you all the best. Bought 400 Friday. I don't understand. Oh, you bought 400 shares Friday. Okay. Two SPACs I really like. About A G C. Oops. Okay, we'll do some work on that and I S. All right, iron source. Um, we'll take a look at those. Raymond, thanks so much, man. buy stocks and companies I like. Overstock, oh, geez. Did it pop on 25%? It finally broke out of that pennant. What's going on there? Aren't they creating a, uh, an exchange to trade NFTs, right? This story always intrigues me, and I never buy the stock. Maybe I should go back and look at it. It's a really interesting story. I wish they'd just spin off the unit we care about, because who needs the overstock part? I'll take a look at it. Um, Well, it's funny, uh, Brad. On on the Armor um, uh, trading desk, the Slack room, Hive is one of um, Armor Insider's favorite names. So uh, I... it's not one of my favorite names. I don't like Frank Holmes. No offense, Frank. I'm sorry, brother. If you're listening to this or you know, friends of Frank, I, I I just um, I don't I don't like promoters. It's not that promoters you know can't do something great. I mean, P.T. Barnum created the circus. So, you know, um, it's just generally I, I I look for a particular type of management team and. And, and, and I like to avoid promotional guys that are using bullhorns. So it's kept me out of the stock. But truth be told, um, it's a great-looking pattern, right, even though it kind of sold off at the end of the day on Friday and just got totally destroyed. Um, I'll tell you, I, I like bit farms better. I'm really intrigued by this story. I think farms is a really bullish idea, but um, at the end of the day, this is why I say to you, uh, to, to all of you, trying to guess which one is gonna be the one that skyrockets, I'm not really interested in that. If I believe that cryptocurrency is going a lot higher and the miners are gonna keep making a fortune, then I just need to buy BLOK and be done with it. And I got a little piece of everything. I'm gonna hold my nose and have a little bit of micro strategy, which I think should be shorted, <laughs> okay? I mean, at the last conference call last week, I think Michael Saylor said they're going to be raising more debt so they can buy more Bitcoin. That's just insane to me. If we're all talking five years from now, and there's been a 12-month period where Bitcoin implodes for some reason, which could happen, I, I, at some point MicroStrategy goes out of business as the biggest Ponzi scheme in history. I mean. It's just crazy to me. It's crazy what they're doing. I don't get it. Anyway, um, because what will happen is the price of Bitcoin drops enough and he won't be able to service his debt. That's what's going to happen. You know, anyway, um, but then again, I'm I'm the idiot because, you know, Bitcoin just goes up, right? It it always just goes up, even though it dropped 50% in seven trading sessions a couple months ago. It always just goes up. So I guess Michael Saylor knows more than me. He, He certainly does. He's made a fortune on it you know? So I have to give them respect for that. I got to give them respect for that. Maybe I just don't get it. But at the end of the day, this is why I'd rather own block. So I get a piece of everything if I think these things are going higher and I don't have to pick and choose which one's going to work. Metaverse. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of names that at the top of my list for metaverse investment and Matterport's one of them and, and Roblox is the other. No interest in SNAP. If you listened, um, is to it, if you listened to the conference call of earnings, if you listened to the conference call, it's a complete cluster, okay? It's a disaster. and, And there's, you know, no signs of recovery anytime soon. They think it's going to take months, quarters to work this out. They're 100% mobile, probably more than 50% Apple iOS, and they're in the dark right now when it comes to getting advertisers to understand how it helps their business. They, they can't show a metrics. So will they recover? Absolutely. I'm, I'm not saying that the stock's going to zero, but I'm just saying right now there's no way I would catch that falling knife. Right? Right over here? There's no way i catch that falling knife. It needs to stop somewhere, set up a base. So what I do with a name that I love that's getting destroyed, if you love it, I'm, I don't love Snap, but if you do, put it on my whiteboard, and I watch, and I wait. You know, a, an investor's got to be patient. And, and I'm just going to go back to this chart again because it, it's just so <laughs> so perfect. But there was this big sell-off in that It took two months to make the double bottom. And then you got the entry point, and the thing blows out on earnings, and they're raising the dividend. So what I'm saying is, looking at Snap's chart, it hasn't even begun that type of consolidation pattern. It's just straight down. So I'm going to wait for that one um, before I put that in the portfolio. All right, what do you think of Hexo's earnings? Huh. Um, you know it would be great? You know what would be absolutely great for the cannabis space are a couple of bankruptcies. That would just wash out the group. And for those of us who don't own any cannabis, there'll be this plunging effect on bankruptcies and a reversal. And that's when we'll put money to work. That would be ideal. So I haven't looked at Hexo's uh, balance sheet. I've never been a fan of Hexo. It's never been a stock I've ever talked about on the Armour Report in the last three or four years I've been doing this, looking at cannabis stocks. Um, the only Canadian names I have an interest in owning, Canopy Growth, Telray, Organogram. That's it. I don't, the rest you can take and do whatever you want with them and no interest. So HEXO falls into that space for me. Biohaven. Lena, man, it's been awesome, right? Now the time to... uh to pick off, Look at that. Nice consolidation at the 50-day. Let's write that down. Let's, let's, let's see if we can get some of that in the portfolio. This is such a huge long-term growth story. There's the big base it broke out of. We captured some of this. Remember, we bought it right down here, and the thing took off. And then I got off of it too soon, and I'm trying to find my way back into it. And maybe this is the time. Nice consolidation at the 50. Maybe... V U Z I. ooh, interesting little chart pattern there, don't know it, Um, binocular and binocular video eyewear, huh, are you telling me this is some type of a metaverse idea, is that what this is, you know, like coping? V U Z I and K O P N. What's the other stock? You guys remember the other company that goes along with Copin? Starts like M V. Is M V I S? Microvision. That stock looks god awful. I wonder if these are metaverse names for future reference. You know, we're building our whiteboard together, not not to own right away. shop um, shop really gave us a look into the amazon quarter and but look at the reversal on shop so you know they kind of missed their number and the stock suffered from it and then they reversed um, look at amazon too amazon misses their number let's see if it reverses i don't know uh but i don't have a real opinion there uh saber on shop i'm not a you know i don't i don't own the stock i don't really have any in um any insight that would help you there. If you're just looking at the chart pattern. That's a nice double bottom at the 200-day moving average after an earnings announcement that was less than stellar. So people apparently like this idea. How would you play Tesla and Solar players given their recent run? I wouldn't. I wouldn't run after them now. You know, there's no way I would be buying something. So this is a envelope, right? Four standard deviations above the 200-day. I usually book profits up there. I wouldn't add to it. It's in the midst of a gamma squeeze, so I guess it could go as high as it wants. Um, but there's certainly no chasing Tesla here for me. Um, and I if I owned it, you know, I would just have a trailed stop and let it keep going um, until it you know takes out maybe maybe the low of that day. That's probably where I'd put my stop in right now. Which is about a thousand. The stop would be up to a thousand, and you let it just keep going as long as it stays above a thousand. So Enphase, this is my favorite um, solar stock. I did not buy it in front of earnings, and so I don't enjoy the upside. And this has been a little bit of a struggle for me. My my whiteboard's full of great names, and I'm kind of, you know, avoiding some of the ones that really skyrocket, and focused on ones that aren't right now. So I'm kind of in that in that purgatory on my my whiteboard. Um, and it comes down to stock selection. This is why I'm sharing three different styles of management because it helps me um, emotionally along with, you know, the net worth performs better. But from an emotional standpoint, I don't have all of my capital in one uh, uh, endeavor. I have it divided into three. And so at any one time, I could be, you know, in this case, my whiteboard. I've got these great ideas and I'm not executing the way I should. And they're skyrocketing. So um, this is an example of that. This and S E D G are my you know two favorite names, and I really I should own them. Obviously, I should own them. Um, what I would do here, I'm not I'm not going to chase them now. So, you know, I have to wait for my next opportunity. and Leave them on the whiteboard. You know, of course, I could always own Tan, but I'm not going to chase that either. So, if I own it, uh, Saber, if you own these things, well done. I I know you're um, you've been a fan of these names in the uh, armor slack room. So. If you own them, great, and you know, let them run. There's nothing, nothing to do. You know, rule, rule number one, when you're on a winner, don't disrupt it. You know, leave it alone. We have to make as much money as we can on successful investments to make up for the mistakes. So you don't want to sell your winners and hold on to your losers. That's what most people do. You need to stay with your winners and cut your losses as fast as you can. Yeah, MGA is on the top of my list. I'm looking, I'm looking to put that position in the portfolio. This is my favorite way to play electronic vehicles, right? These guys make the drivetrains and a lot of these electronic vehicles, along with drivetrains for internal combustion. But um, that looks like a nice double bottom, high or low. Earnings, I think, are coming out next week. Um, could, be a, could be an interesting idea. AMAT boy that chart looks good let's put that down on the list AMAT I'm gonna put that on the list uh, Mo that looks that looks like a really good chart pattern you know what does LRCX look like Hmm. look I mean you know I know some guys are talking about buying you know the the entire index of semiconductors, you know, this is SOXL, three times the semis. You could always do that, too, and that's that's coming out right there. I just like to focus on the leaders. So we've got NVIDIA in the portfolio, and we've got AMD in the portfolio, and these are the things that I'm, I'm focused on. Um, and you just have to decide how much of an allocation you want uh, in in semis, but i gotta I got to admit to you that that chart looks pretty good on AMD, I mean, um, on AMAT. Looks like a good entry point there. Yeah, and then Rocket had this um, announcement um, uh, yesterday that they're um, working together with um, Salesforce.com. I, I, when you really delve into that story, I think if you read it closely, they've been listed on a Salesforce.com, you know, collaborative. You know, a site. I don't know. When I first read it, it sounded like there was like some business relationship with Salesforce. I don't think that's what it is. Salesforce has a marketplace, and they've been added to it. I don't know if that's you know enough to get the stock to to get going. So I don't have any thoughts there. I do think that Lena, surprise, you haven't brought it up recently, but you know, Sofi, Sofi had that breakout. Let me look at it together. You know, this is a huge pennant that's forming on SOFI, and so um, th- this is a really interesting looking pattern here. I don't know, something, something like that, right? It's this huge pennant. So it has a nice blowout, ran right up to the downtrend, pulled back. That might set up an opportunity uh, and something we should try to focus on day trading. ATVI. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Activision and then TTWO. These are ideas that should be metaverse ideas, right? Because a lot of the metaverse right now is gaming. But the patterns just aren't there, you know? The patterns just aren't there. That's like, that's that's just not a good pattern. So, how about EA? Electronic Arts looks a little bit better. That's a huge base it's trying to come out of. Oops. Voyager Digital. I always count on you for these type of names, Ray. I don't know this one. I'll have to do some work on that. Voyager Digital. Interesting. Interesting pattern. Thoughts on Cura Leaf for the future. God, that looks terrible, doesn't it? Doesn't it look terrible, Deb? Man. Cura Leaf, Green Thumb, True Leaf. Those are the only three... US MSOs I would own. I mean, those are the biggest, they're the best, those are the only three I'd own. Um, MSOS is the way I'm going to play it. I'm not going to buy the individual names right now. Um, I, 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 I don't know. It's just they just have to be avoided right now. There's there's no way there's no way around it. So for the future, I keep watching their business. I think uh, Boris is the right guy to run that business. My guess is it'll continue to be a top three name for me. Just can't do it right now. Yandex. Good morning, Erez. Nice to see you. Wow. Wow, what a pattern that is. So you want me to consider investing in a company that, you know, is an internet company. For Russia, Turkey, Ukraine, and Belarus. Russia, Turkey, Ukraine, and Belarus. The chart patterns there, Eras. I just, you you know, you know my philosophy. I like to invest in companies where I get on a conference call and trust what I'm hearing and trust, you know, the 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 um. The, the earnings numbers I'm seeing, I just, I just can't get, I just can't get behind the index. I've looked at it before, and I just, I just can't do it. I just can't get myself to do it. But it's certainly the right chart pattern. You know, I'm not going to argue with you on that. There's the chart pattern: huge base breakout, pull back to the 50, broke out last week. That looks like a great idea, and you know, maybe it's the kind of thing that we could put on our our day trading list together. You know. I could see doing that, a stock that's breaking out of that base and coming on, maybe I get some good day trades. GME, boy, chart looks right. Boy, that chart looks right. So I don't know know about the the COO quitting and what that means. It's not, I don't have any opinion there, but that's certainly the right chart pattern. But, you know, uh, AMC, GME, these are names that I'm more interested in day trading than than investing in. There's AMC. I tried to put a trade on there and it just, you know, reversed. I don't really want to invest in these meme stocks. I just can't do it because it gets in the way. But those are—that's a great-looking day trade. I mean, GME probably should be at the list top of the list of day trade on Monday if we get the right gamma set up and everything. Um, AGQ, dollar falls, silver flat. Dollar rallies, silver flat. Investing in um, in precious metals is never easy, until it is. Okay, so you know back here, it was this, 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 and then all of a sudden, you know, you get this skyrocket in silver. So I think personally that silver is bottoming. I think it's bottoming, right? And then for me, for my money, you know, I, I own Sprout Physical Gold and sprout Physical Silver, all right? I want the physicals. I'm not doing the AGQ at the moment, but I would day trade AGQ if I started to if, if silver really starts to run, then there'll be days where I might day trade AGQ. If you look at the chart pattern of silver, it, it, silver's rallied for the, for the whole month of October. It's in an uptrend for the month of October. So um, I don't think it necessarily – so the dollar's up in uh, – actually, the month of October. The, the dollar's down the month of October, and silver's up. So for the whole month, the dollar sold off, and silver actually went up. But on a day-to-day basis, it doesn't always follow lockstep, um, but it will express itself over time if we get the right, you know, the right moves. Oh, I, um, uh, Village Farms has fallen off my list at the moment, and, and, and really that's just, it's like a tier two name for me. For me. If I can't make money in Telray and CGC, I'm never going to make money in Village Farms. So, if I start making money in those other two names, then Organigram, Village Farms, I might, I might add them. Um, but, you know, we're in a nuclear winter on these things, and so um, I'm just, I'm just consolidating my focus on the two biggest names and trying to make some money there. If we can't make money there, the rest just don't matter to me. Hey, Mayor brother nice to see you we haven't seen you in a while Mayor Thacker thanks so much for that I really appreciate that shout out and it's nice to see you too my friend and hey anybody who remembers Mayor Thacker um, needs to give him a thank you if you're if you own shares of uh, waste management he has been absolutely accurate a hundred percent what a great call. Added it right down here at the Armour Report. Ended up selling it too soon. This thing has been unreal. So way to knock it out of the park, Mayor Thacker. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to um, – I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Let me just I, – I played around with the ARC funds um, as, a, as a way to invest – in my index only, that portfolio, too, where I buy the indexes. But uh, at the end of the day, if I want innovation, I would really rather own the IBD Innovators, which is FFTY. And the reason for that is it's based on an algorithm. It's not based on someone's opinion of a particular business, and then she gets completely over her skis, on that particular business and tanks the whole fund. I don't want I don't want that. I and I think Kathy Wood's great, but just like anybody else, me included, she's gonna have periods where her whiteboard's no good. Right? And her performance is not gonna be there. And so I don't need that in my portfolio. I could do that on my own. <laughs> okay. So I respect Kathy, but um, when it comes to buying a, an ETF of innovators, this is where I want to go. It's always been where I want to go. It's the IBD 50. It's an algorithmic uh, a process that's picking off innovators. And you can see up and to the right, it's a much better reflection of innovators than the ARC Innovator Fund, which is down and to the right. Now, I will tell you one thing we haven't talked about today, and this might be, this is something very important Needs to go at the top of our list after listening to that last conference call. Is it is it Lena that keeps that's asked about this in, in the past um, uh, on the Armor uh, uh, Slack trading desk? I can't remember if it's Lena. It might be, but Teladoc has to go to the top of the list for me. This is two quarters in a row now where Teledoc. The stock has collapsed on the number and ripped higher by the end of the day. This was a 10% collapse in the morning on their earnings announcement, closed up at the end of the day. Didn't stop the stock from going down over the next couple of months. Then they had another quarter, and it's the same response. Look at the volume that came in on these two days. Institutions are setting up a position in Teladoc. Teladoc is, I think, trapped in this vortex of – The economy's reopening, nobody needs, you know, um, pandemic stocks anymore, baloney. But when we get past that, people are gonna realize that Teladoc's a real business and they're crushing it. And those last earnings announcements, if you haven't listened to the call, you should really go listen to it. This business is here to stay and I think it'll be a big stock again. And I think so does Kathy, I think she still thinks it's a big stock. She's been over her skis, I think, on this idea, and it's one thing that's holding back the ARC fund. But I think eventually this is going to work. And um if if this is not on your 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 whiteboard, you might want to put it on the board and do some due diligence so you're ready to make a move. Yeah, day trade Monday morning for sure. All right, guys, listen. Thank you, and thank you, uh thank you, my friend. Um guys I appreciate all your time spent with me today. This has been lots of fun. Hope you guys have a great weekend. See you Monday morning, 8.30 for the morning meeting for all Armour insiders, and we'll get at it again. Um, Hopefully we'll have another big week. Let's see what precious metals can do. All right? So if that's it, any other questions? I think we're done there. That's it. Great. We're done. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care.